curious minds. And here's your host, Gary Cachulia. Welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cacciolillo. And before we get started, I want to thank the contributors to my show, who are executive producers, Candice Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, and Ms. Aida, author of Who Do Cleansing Protection Magic, Damien Keller, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great, and monthly co-host, Jared Murphy, author of it's not aliens, it's worse, it's us. If you are interested in contributing to this podcast, go to my website, everythingimaginable2020.com, and you will find everything you need there. I can, I'm not, you sound more like a human being now. You sound yeah. okay? I mean, a spiritual human being, but yeah, you sound okay <laughs> now. <laughs> All right, I'll have to edit that part out. So, I was introducing you. <laughs> And my guest for today, I didn't know how to pronounce your name. I should have asked. Prema Guerreri? Prema Guerreri. You got it. All right. And you are a Vedic astrologer, correct? I'm a Vedic astrologer. I'm a consciousness coach, and I'm a business oracle, yes. Wow. Among other things, but we have to put something down on the paper, right? Yeah. So, Vedic astrology. Tell me a little bit about that. I get these Facebook messages all the time from Vedic astrologers in India offering me their services for usually about a hundred bucks. And have you taken, have you taken them up on it? No, I have not. (laughs) (laughs) But, but, But what is the difference between regular astrology and Vedic astrology? Well, let's. There isn't a regular astrology, or we could say Vedic astrology is the regular astrology. European astrology, I guess. <laughs> so there's Western astrology, there's Vedic astrology. So Vedic astrology comes from the Vedas, uh, over 6,000 year old texts, uh, spiritual texts, the Vedas. And uh, that's also where Ayurveda comes from, like Deepak Chopra made famous here in the West. So uh, it's really translates into Jyotish, which is the, the Sanskrit word, which is. Um, translates, I should say, into the science of light. And so Vedic astrology has been practiced for, again, thousands of years and has moved to the West. And it is based on the sidereal zodiac, which is the same Aries and Taurus and Gemini and Leo. You know, it's the same, all the same signs. Mm-hmm. You can think of it as a different vantage point, looking at it from a different place than tropical um Western astrology is looking at the tropical zodiac. We keep time a little differently. My opinion, it's more accurate. If you look up in the sky right now and through a telescope, you're going to see uh, Venus in Sagittarius. And that's where it is in Vedic astrology, where um, in Western astrology, they're going to say it's it's one time forward usually because we start the uh, the zodiac. We start Aries, um, the different systems, uh, almost 23 degrees differently. And again, we keep time, and I believe we keep time a little bit more accurately. Nothing against Western astrology. It's a, it's a great system. Um, Vedic astrology, I want to say, is pretty deep. We have lots and lots of levels. It's a lifelong study. And, you know, everyone uses astrology, you know, uh, the way that they, you know, feel right, feels right to them. I don't use it for prediction. What I use it for is to help people to understand themselves, to understand their soul blueprint, and to understand what the energy is, what I like to call the celestial weather, so that we can make really good choices based on that, because prediction is just 
something that we're all tapping into in a moment of time. And as you'll know that we're on, we have different timelines available to us, you know, at all the time, depending mm-hmm. on the choices that we make. But Vedic astrology does um, allow us to look at a lot of different levels and kind of look at some of the same things from like if you imagine you were in a glass mansion and you have something in the foyer, well, you could look at it from one room in the dining room. You can go up five floors and look at it from a different angle. And how is it looking from here? You know, instead of just making one one judgment from, you know, one vantage point. So it's three, sort of like it has a three-dimensional aspect. I would say three-dimensional, except oh. I'd like to, I'd better, I'd like to say five-dimensional. <laughs> <All right. laughs> okay. <laughs> Right. I, I mean, that sounds complicated. Like, like I find like, like just like, um, you know, a regular chart complicated, you know, it's the 12 houses and the planets and the conjunctions and, and all that kind of stuff. You know, I'm just like, it almost gives me a headache after a while. <laughs> I understand, you know, anything that, you know, we, um, as I say, geek out on, you know, I'm sure there's things that you geek out on that, you know, if I don't know the language and I, you know, and I haven't spent time in that study and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't hook me, it doesn't grab me, uh, then yeah, you know, it, it's going to hurt your brain after a while. And Vedic astrology did hurt my brain for a little while, but it really did grab me. And I, it was just like when I came across it, well, I came across it many years ago because I'm also a yoga teacher for many years. And, and I would say, ah, you know, I'm not going to dive into that. It's it's too complicated. But I met my mentor and he said to me, you know, you're you're wired up. This is in your soul blueprint. This is in your chart. And I said, yeah, I've got a lot to do already. And then he and then he, he told me that again. And I, I jumped into um, a little bit of work with him. And then I just I just devoured it. So, I mean, I'm, there's probably things that you have devoured that other people might think is really complicated. Yeah, I guess mine would be the tarot. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So so tell me a little bit about the, the chart and the soul blueprint. Like like what would a chart look like? How does it help somebody make decisions in their lives if we're not looking into the future and trying to make predictions? Then we're obviously trying to gather information to help that person make the best decisions, I'm assuming. And what exactly is a soul blueprint? Because if a person already has a soul blueprint, um does that imply a certain amount of predetermination or does that just imply uh, certain dispositions that a person can overcome okay so that's about eight questions so I'll, I'll unravel them as I can and we'll have and we'll and you and I will jump into a juicy discussion about it okay so uh, I'm referring to the Vedic astrology chart as your soul blueprint. Now there's different systems that look at our soul blueprint. So I'm looking at it through the lens of Vedic astrology and also I'm an intuitive and through, through that lens of being an intuitive. And I must say also to do tarot, to, uh, to read Vedic astrology or astrology, it's astrology is a science. There's a system to tarot as well, mm-hmm. but you have to have an, you have to be intuitive and, and it's an art form to actually read it. You can have the same chart and I'm going to maybe tell you something different than, than another astrologer is. Maybe there's an underlying theme to it, but you know, everybody has their own reference system. So your soul blueprint is what I believe your soul choices that you've made in coming into this incarnation and reflecting some of where you have been in other lifetimes and reflecting some of what you're maturing into or wanting to mature into as far as your karma goes and and maybe what's next. 
Um, it's not for me, not necessarily about not looking at the future. I feel like I look at the future a lot for myself and for people and for my clients. But my aim is not to say, hey, you know, you are going to get married in in two years, but it's not going to be the right guy. I mean, that to me, that doesn't serve anybody. Number one, I'm not going to give anybody information about the challenges they have unless I'm going to give them um, some remedies and some solutions for that. And that's why I work on four different levels. So I work mm. on the intuitive level. And if you were looking at me, you would see um, that I'm waving my hand above my head to the upper chakras. And so that's that intuitive level and that insight level. And I'm reading the astrology through there. And then it's coming down to the heart. And this is my belief in a lot of my teaching is helping you to tap into the soul blueprint you have. You're feeling it. You're sensing it so that you can have a better communication with the divine yourself through your heart and, and you know, trust yourself on your intuitive hits and on the decisions that are right for you. And then helping people to actually move through the challenges and clear the energy. And so now I'm, I'm, I'm putting my hands near my third chakra, but moving, you know, helping to clear all the blocks and, and, uh, the, and the misaligned energy, I guess I want to say, so that we can come down and make really good choices down, you know, down to the soles of our feet and then come to some strategy in life, whether it's in your business, in your life, in a relationship, and then put that into, into play. But, you know, insight doesn't really do a lot for us unless we know what to do with it. So um, it's important for me to give information to people that matches their consciousness and what they can do with it. So I'm always sensing that with somebody that I'm talking to as well. And I can look at that through their chart and mm -hmm. check in with intuition around that. So there was about six other questions, but just so I'm not just doing a dissertation <laughs> here. <laughs> Come at me, Gary. So the blueprint, um, if, if the astrology, if the Vedic chart is the actual blueprint, um, one, why do I have a blueprint? And does that, excuse me, um, diminish my free will? Great question. So I, this is, and let me just say, this is my beliefs and my belief system. And I really honor uh, everyone else in their own belief system. So my sense is that we do, when we incarnate, we do make some of our choices on a soul level. Um, all of our choices, well, I, there might, that's a whole other conversation. So there might be interference with our coming in at, at us just depending on, on what our karma is and so we don't and then we sort of drink from the river of forgetfulness and we don't remember some of these choices that we made and some of them are soul challenges I talk about that a lot in my book your sacred wealth code some of them are soul challenges um, some of them are those choices are really to animate our gifts another thing I talk about in my book your sacred wealth code and uh, but we it's like a journey that we're going to take and along this journey, we have the opportunity to reclaim parts of ourselves or develop parts of ourselves. And that can play out in lots of different ways. So we are given the free, we are given free will, we are given choice. And of course, that depends on the level of our consciousness, the kind of choices we're going to make. Mm -hmm. So you could be given a roadmap from San Francisco to New York, and I could be given a roadmap from San Francisco to New York. And... So we've got a map, right? We know where we're going. Here's a lifetime, just say. But how we get there is going to be very different depending on 
who we are, what our intentions are, what our purpose is, you know, how awake we are, um, where we get sort of waylaid over here on the, on the side at a truck stop for too long. So I believe it is a, um, it is a internal map of, of soul choices that we've made for ourselves that are a framework and, um, and some potentiality that we have but it's up to us whether we animate it or, or how we animate it. It's going to mm. animate one way or the other, but, and how we do that, how, how we step into the light or where we don't, where we just go unconscious, you know, is, is up to us, hmm. which is a lot of that depends too on our, on, um, on our environment, on our, the influences that we get as we come into this world. So we have basically a map of, of choices, but we get, a limited amount of choices that we can make, basically. Like, like if I got to go from California to New York, that means I got to go from California to New York, but I get to choose what road I want to take. Actually, I think you get, um, we, I could say on one hand, I believe it's an unlimited amount of choices because you could, boy, you could take the road from California to New York and you could turn down every side street and, and you know, you, you could spend years just trying to get halfway across the city, you know, taking a lot of different choices and a lot of different turns. Mm-hmm. So it, it also has to do with the, um, the soul motivation and also the soul challenges that we've chosen that, and a lot of that has to do with, and when I look at it through Vedic astrology, we run planetary cycles. This is the one of the ways that I look at timelines and depending on the planetary cycle that you happen to be in, you're born into one and then you move through um, you move through them throughout your lifetime depends on what, uh, which of those soul choices, what part of your chart is really getting animated. That's really in the forefront that your soul's really working on. And that's going to always be playing out, um, on more in the forefront of your life. So those are the things we're going to strategize more around, or if it happens to be a really challenging cycle, we're going to, like when I went through my Saturn cycle is when I lost my yoga center and I got, you know, and I got divorced and I could name many, many things. It was a great dark night of the soul, but I learned a lot. That's my life right now. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Welcome. I don't know if you're in Saturn or not. There's a couple of really challenging cycles. And then it depends on your chart. If it's a real challenging cycle for your your chart and so i was like to say whatever we're going through is good for something so i want to help people understand what it's good for even if it's a really crap time it's good for something and if we find out really what you know because we can we can look at like look at a challenge that you went through in the last 10 years is there one that you can look at and and find the blessing in Mm -hmm. Well, well i mean i mean like like for example recently like all the things that you just mentioned I've just gone through like in the last three months. I God got bless you. I divorced. I lost my house, left my job, moved to all the way back from Alabama back to New Jersey, bought a new house, just started a new job. You know, just starting all over again. <laughs> so if and I haven't looked at chart, but if I did look at your chart, I would probably see these eclipse the eclipses that we're having too, which is then there's all the transits we're looking at um, the axis of change that happens for a year and a half period of time. And the way that coincides with the cycle we're running can really bring in a high level of change. Mm-hmm. And let's face it. I don't care if it's like, if you didn't get the divorce and it was just, you got married and you got a new house and you got a new job. Still, that's a lot, you know, it's a lot of change at one time. So change tends to, you know, bring a lot of pressure, bring a lot of, bring a lot of stress. I don't like it. I, I understand. So what are you doing to uh, get through it? 
uh, just going one day at a time, just doing doing what I got to do. You know, I'm not I'm not gonna let it beat me down. I'm just gonna keep plowing forward. I mean, I'm 53 years old, so I'm probably only gonna have to live maybe another 30 years. So. <laughs> oh my gosh, you only have to. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I mean, like, like you talk about, like the, like going from like San Francisco to New York, I would be like, the heck with driving, I'm flying my ass over there and getting that crap done. Okay, so that's that's where we collapse time, and when we, I believe that, and thanks for mentioning that, and also a lot of compassion for what you're going through. I've certainly been through my dark nights of the soul, <laughs> hallelujah. Um, that you know, and and my many ones, and I'll go through more. That's part of our evolution. I think that huge amount of growth happens during that time but how we um i'm always interested in collapsing time and that's what you're just talking about so if we mm-hmm. take a flight right we collapse time if we drive we've got a longer period of time right yeah, screw drive. We, you know <laughs> so uh in in that collapsing time and then how do we collapse time but if we understand what the energy is and we understand even like okay here's a storm that's coming and it could knock out my relationship. It could, we can start to, we can't avoid the energy completely. Like right now, none of us have been able to completely avoid, you know, the pandemic and all the, you know, we don't have to go down that rabbit hole, but all the things going on with that. But we get, we have a choice on how we deal with it. And we have a, and if we know things are coming and we know challenges are coming, we can then make some alternative plans. You know, so if we know that it's going to be a, a time of loss, maybe around home and property, hmm, maybe we want to choose to sell at a different time, you know, or maybe we need to strategize on like, let's not leverage ourselves too much, you know, or, or whatever it might mm-hmm. be. But, you know, collapsing time is when we can make one of those decisions based on having not based on having enough information and trusting ourselves enough because we're never going to have full security of information, but we can feel what's right for us and what's not so that we can take that leap and get on, get on the airplane. So we can take a shortcut. Well, I don't really believe there's any shortcuts. I, that's why I like to think about it as collapsing time. Collapsing so there's different time. ways. Of, so if we, you know, and the air, the airplane, that was a great analogy because the airplane um, ride collapses time compared to a, a drive in the car. Uh, but we, you know, when we take a path, when we learned, we've learned what others have done and we say, well, I'm not doing that. Okay, I'm going to do this, this over here. Or we have um, gone through a lot of challenges on our own or challenges. And we're going like, hey, I see that coming again. I know what that looks like. I know that what that smells like. I'm not doing that again. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm, instead of in hindsight, I'm going to use my hindsight and foresight now. And I'm, I'm going to make a different choice there. But I'm with you. I'm the, um, I've always, I don't fish a lot, but I my kid's dad was a fisherman. I lived on a sailboat for a long time. And I'm the kind of person who just shows up and then I just catch the fish. I don't stand there for three hours. I think part of that is because I don't want to stand there for three hours. I just show up and I know I'm going to catch the fish when I show up, you know, and I have that intention. So there's, um, there's, there's ways to collapse time and, and energetically, the more we're in alignment, the more we can collapse time, the more present we are, the more we can, the more we're actually willing to I want to say lean into those challenges coming and find out what's in it for us and do our work around it. Do the soul work we need to do to clean up our energy. That collapses time. Hmm. That's the shortcut. So do you think that we agreed to all this before we are incarnated? That's a really good question. Uh, I don't, I, I don't know that we agreed. Uh, you know, I don't know that it was put to us like that. And I actually, let me just give a disclaimer here. I don't, I don't know, mm-hmm. but 
Uh, I do believe that we, most of us, maybe not all of us, but most of us are an expression of the all, are an expression of the divine. And, uh, and in that, and in that, at some level, yes, that we probably agreed to be here. Mm. I don't know if it's agree or decided or this was the only choice or. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think for myself, I mean, talk about this all the time in my interviews. I think I got tricked into it. I I, I think, I think somebody, (laughs) somebody like waved in front of me, like the good part of life, like the sex, drugs and rock and roll. And didn't tell me about the crappy part. I, yeah. Yeah. And I I got, I took the bait. (laughs) They didn't put the disclaimer in. Yeah. yeah, it was a good commercial, huh, Carrie? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like taking a car loan and not being told about the interest. Yeah, like, <laughs> and what happens if you don't make the payment, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was that it was at the time it was the only choice. Hmm. Is it? Is there such a thing as being born under a bad sign? Okay. I don't believe any of the signs are bad. Uh, and and you being born, uh, like I would call that your ascendant, and it makes it good for you. And you could have other aspects that make things very challenging. For instance, there are certain planets that do well in certain signs and, and certain planets that don't do well in certain signs. But your planet is going to... Um, Again, it, after a while, it's like what's good, what's bad, what's good, what's bad, because bad tends to lead to good in, in, if if you actually do your work, and good doesn't always keep stay good. It depends on how how you how you navigate good. Mm-hmm. So there are signs that are more challenging depending on what your ascendant is and what your planet is. So everybody's chart is really unique. So that's one of the misnomers about looking at a horoscope and say, okay, well, I'm a Leo or I'm a a Sagittarius. Well, that changes every 30 days. So everybody who is a Leo or a Sagittarius, that's just your sun. We're looking at the ascendant first, which changes by the minute. Then we're looking at the moon, which changes. And that's your consciousness. And that's incredibly important. And the sun is important too. It's the soul, but it, it, you know, it only changes every 30 days, but then how is it aspected? What planets are with? Is it in a good a, a friend's house or is it is in an enemy's house? So there's a lot to consider. A lot of consideration. A lot of consideration. So, you know, I didn't realize until I started this podcast and, and interviewing astrologers, though, it is, uh, you know, and I always would hear the term about Mercury being in retrograde, but now I realize that when Mercury goes into retrograde, my life turns into hell. Okay, so we should so, we should have pulled we so, should have pulled your chart up here. <laughs> so you know, I'm like, you know, so now when I hear that 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 is when it's going to happen, I'm like, man, I might as well just lock myself in the house until shit goes back to normal. Okay, that's not always the case. In fact, I teach a class called um, "The Truth About Mercury Retrograde" because Mercury, and <laughs> if we have bad. to. It, it's not so it's you, bad. okay. So so here's here's a whole other thing. Like nothing if you decide it. that it's bad, it's going to be bad for you. No, it was bad before I even knew what it was. Okay, because now if I look, if I can look back to all the patterns in my life before I started this podcast and knew what Mercury retrograde was and how it affects everything, 
I, I'm sure I can line it up with all these bad things that have happened. In my life. So, so Mercury <laughs> is is the great communicator um, in my sacred book called Arch- Archetype System. It's the great messenger. I'm flashing cards at Gary right now. I know we're not on the uh, we're not on YouTube or anything, but um, the great communicator. It's also the great merchant. Mercury is super temporal, so it takes on any energy of the, the sign it's in, the planets that it's with. It can swing any direction. It is very, you know, just like a beat of Mercury, it's hard to put your finger on it. One of the beautiful things about when Mercury retrogrades, it retrogrades in a triplicity of houses. Hang on, I'll let you know what that means. It's it's always the same element. So currently, Mercury is going to retrograde in Capricorn in Vedic astrology when it retrogrades um, sometime oh, in January. I don't have that sounds bad because I'm a Capricorn. Well, you, I, it'd be interesting to see what you are in Vedic. That's what you are in Sun. So, but it, that means in all, it's been retrograding for the last year in all the Earth constellations, and all the Earth constellations represent a particular kind of house for everybody's chart. So for me, it's all my dharma, all my purpose houses. Um, It could be all your relationship houses, all your spiritual houses, all your wealth houses, or all your purpose houses. So during those retrogrades, when you know that, and you know what it's um, representing for you, then during that time, that's Mercury's kind of going over, because it moves so quickly, it's going slowly over that area of life in that particular constellation and when you understand a little bit deeper about it then you can you can kind of get with what mercury is trying to uncover for you and have you take a closer look at because it moves so fast most of the time retrogrades is when it's going slower so when your soul when your conscious mind can understand what's going on and get on board with what your soul is trying to bring to the surface things aren't as challenging Yes, Mercury can disrupt the weather. It can disrupt our communication. It can disrupt. I had many tech issues this year. Uh, I won't even go into it, you know. But but when you know what the the other side of it on a deeper level, what it's trying to do for you, then again, you can you can get your consciousness working with that, and you can take you can actually collapse time and take the shortcut instead of getting you know bounced around and hit mm-hmm. so much and some mercury retrogrades are just worse than others if it's with the eclipse pattern if it um if it's with mars like it was the last mercury retrograde then it gets more challenging so it, there's a lot of a lot of variables but since you have that experience of mercury being very challenging for you i would like to encourage you to uh, always back up your computer beforehand Make sure your tech technology is working beforehand. And then I think Mercury's one of the lessons is don't think take things so personally. Give yourself more space around scheduling. Give people more benefit of the doubt. Um, it's it's just that communication can get pretty wonky during that time. Technology can get kind of wonky too. Hmm. I don't know. If if I could, I would just nuke that planet. But then we would have a hole in the system, and then other things would fall in that hole, or it just wouldn't be good. No, just replace it with Venus. Venus is just all about love. Well, Venus love is Love and sex and all the good stuff that I enjoy. Yeah, but that's what got you here. Remember, Gary? You said you didn't use that. You got duped into this whole thing. <laughs> the, the, Venus got I, you like, here. There's certain planets that I'm all about. Like Venus I like. Um, Jupiter. It's all Jupiter. about abundance, right? Well, Jupiter's about many things. And actually, can we talk about Jupiter? And, and, and also Uranus. Those, those are my favorite planets. 
Everything so else I could do without. <laughs> well, we'll have to look at your chart sometime <laughs> and just see where see where that all is for you. Jupiter has been debilitated or with the eclipse pattern for the last three years, and it has been a challenge. It is it is our great planet of light. What Jupiter wants for itself, it wants for everyone. It's the visionary, it's the sage and the teacher in the sacred wealth code archetype system and in the the the, the oracle cards. And Jupiter has just as of we're um, recording this interview, it's the, what is it, the 23rd, 23rd. or something. Uh, on the 20th, it's just moved into Aquarius in Vedic Astrology, and it is no longer going to be in Capricorn. And it is going, and that's where it was debilitated. And we are going to see, we're going to see a lot more light. And as we come into the spring, uh, it'll move into Pisces in April, and that's where it's going to be exalted. It's going to be super strong, and we are going to see there's going to be a lot of light shed in a lot of the dark corners. Uh, when Jupiter is dark, mm, you know, things get dark. We can't see all the truth. In the, and uh, yeah, so having Jupiter in a good place is super helpful. It's a great visionary. It's a great teacher. It's great for abundance. It's great for wealth. And Jupiter sometimes can be um, over, um, can be, a little too full of Jupiter's self, you could put it that way, a little arrogant. Um, so we have to watch that a little, little too optimistic. So we have to watch that too. But in general, it's we really look at where that is in our charts for a year's period of time. It stays in one house for a year's period mm -hmm. of time. And uh, that's going to give a lot of grace uh, and reflect and, and aspect a lot of grace within our charts for a whole year's period of time. So when we know that, we know where all oh, the Mercury retrogrades are happening. Okay, here's what I need to avoid. Like my business clients, we're gonna avoid a launch during that time of something. We wanna navigate around that. Where's Jupiter gonna be? Oh, that's where the light's gonna be. We're gonna really, that's where we can really stretch and grow during that time. All right, so if we have Jupiter in an Earth sign and Mercury in retrograde, we're looking at a shit show. No, not necessarily. <laughs> Because Taurus is an Earth sign, and Venus owns Taurus, and Venus is also one of the benefic planets. Okay. So, so if it's in Capricorn, it's a shit show. Capricorn is where it's debilitated. Now, it's good for Cap. Wherever Jupiter is, is good for the sign. So it's good for Capricorn. It's like having the guru in the factory. So Capricorn being, you know, structures and it's about the about you know restructuring things and nose to the grindstone and getting things done and. and uh, Saturn is, owns Capricorn and has been in Capricorn for the last couple of years and is in Capricorn. And so um, when Jupiter comes there, it's like, okay, the factory and getting all the work done. And now, now the guru is in the house. And that's good because that sheds a little bit of light in the factory, but it doesn't make Jupiter feel so good. It gets mm -hmm. kind of down and grumpy about being, uh, being in the factory. Capricorn's also the middle is a winter sign. So there's not a lot of growth in the winter. There's not a lot of light in the winter. And that's why Jupiter is not uh, is debilitated there, where it's exalted <clears throat> at the summer solstice. It's exalted at Cancer. So if I understand right, like I, I'm a, a Capricorn in astrology that I understand. So I might be a different sign under Vedic astrology. My yes. birthday yep. is December 30th, 1967. So what sign would that make me under the Vedic system? Well, I'm going to have to actually do this for you. So if you want to give me just a second. You got it. Yeah, take as much time as you need. We It's the only way we're going to be able to, to actually do this here. So let me just. Uh, okay. Maybe you can tell me where I went wrong this last year. 
There's no wrong choices. Believe well, there, there okay. All right. If there's wrong Sorry, choices, me, I'm going to find Give me that birthday them. again. Give me that birthday again. December thirtieth, nineteen sixty-seven. You got a birthday coming up. I do. All right. And do you know what time you were born? Five a.m. And where were you born? Princeton, New Jersey. New Jersey. Okay, my friend. So in Vedic astrology, uh, so you are a, uh, this is what it is. <laughs> you are, no, I'm only kidding. <laughs> Here's the issue. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so you are a, you're a, um, a Scorpio rising. No. Okay. Seriously. No. No, I have the worst time with Scorpios. No, no, no. You've got a lot of you got a lot of prejudice here. Let me, let me Every just... Scorpio woman I've been with. No, has we didn't been... talk about women. That's a different issue. You oh, need okay. to be with a All Venusian. Right. You a need Venusian. to be with Yes, you need to be with a uh someone who has got a very good Venus or is a Taurus or is a Libra. That's who your partner would be. If you end up with a Scorpio, another a Scorpio, another Scorpio, mm -hmm. you are you two are not. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be a. It's, it's, brutal. it's gonna be a shit show. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. gonna be brutal. So, uh, and you guys are gonna get stuck down deep, and uh, it's gonna seem really hot and steamy for a little while, and then it's gonna get real, and it's not gonna be that much fun. So you are a Sagittarius. Your son is in Sagittarius in um, Vedic astrology, okay. and. And it's well placed, actually, and your your Mercury is there too, so that's that's interesting. And actually, Mercury is one of your wealth planets. So, in your chart, if I was to give you your sacred wealth code, and I and so one of your sacred wealth code archetypes would actually be an inspiring communicator. And what are you doing? You're talking. You're talking here. And uh, so you've you've got that, and you're animating that gift. There's other ways you could definitely bring wealth in animating that gift, but that would be another conversation. And you have a great Jupiter too. Uh, your Jupiter's in your house of career. You've got this great visionary aspect to you, too. I would give you a visionary archetype, and it would be very regal. Visionary, you must have a stage, and you do. You've got one here. I don't know what, you, what you're doing for the day job, but it's important. You need that kind of recognition. Mm -hmm. uh, but your visionary, you have the ability to sort of um, to, to really see the vision for your kingdom. And I know your kingdom recently fell apart. Oh, well, what and I thought was my kingdom. Okay. You know, you you know, you know it's kind it of funny because you mentioned like the day job. Like, I, I see really, like, really for me, there's no hope for me ever being successful in a day job. For me, this is it. Yeah. If I don't, if I don't succeed at this, then I'm not going to succeed. No, this you're in your element. I love, I love what you're doing here. This is, this is great, and you've got great wiring for this. You've got this is in your blueprint. I mean, there's lots more in here. I mean, you're highly intuitive. You've got uh, where is that? That's your. Oh, okay, great. So, and you have this, um, you actually have a really super nurturing side of you. And nurturing? Yep. I would call it a great nurturer. Really? And, I think most people would disagree with that. Well, you that is a part of you you want to bring to the surface because it actually, that part of you works um, very hand in hand. We're not, don't just think of romantic relationship here. That part of you works hand in hand with your communicator. So, if we framed it a little bit differently, when you are and when you're in this platform here that you are and you're having these juicy conversations with all kinds of interesting folks about all kinds of interesting things, are you potentially inspiring people? Are you nurturing their consciousness possibly? I hope you, so. That's the whole point. Are you, 
Are you nurturing their minds to, you know, when you think of nurture, uh, the great nurturer and the way I depict that in the Sacred Wealth Code system, we'll, we'll make sure you get a book and you can read all about that because um, all the archetypes are in the book. They're also in the Oracle deck. But what a great nurturer does, it gives people what they need to actually grow. We feed the roots of the tree, not try to not try to mess with the leaves. If something's wrong with the leaves, let's feed the roots and let the tree heal itself. If we if we are willing to give someone just what they need and then let them work with it and grow themselves, that's the essence of a really great nurturer. You do that through inspiration. You do that through communication. And there's an element of teaching in there as well. Mm-hmm. And your your son is there too, which is um, actually rules your, your house of career, which is a leader. And so you've got this great communicator, leader, uh, great nurturer, and they all fall in Sagittarius, which is a very inspiring place. So you do it with fire. You're not necessarily in, in it for taking somebody really on the long haul, but you like to go in there and ignite a fire. And that can cause someone to grow. That can cause someone to, you know, to light up. Uh, and you're doing that very much through the the kinds of uh, conversations you have. Um, you also could do that for, for, through writing as well. I've written you know? a book. Okay, awesome. So that's the that's that <clears throat> communicator at play. And again, the underlying intention is it's spirituality. I mean, it's Sagittarius. You know, there's a and we can call this spirituality, consciousness, whatever you want to. You know, it's it's expansion in, at some level. Uh, and then you also have an exalted Mars, which is your planet, which is um, this would be actually a grounded uh, engineer is how I would see this in your chart in the ar- archetype system. And the, th- the reason I came up with the, well, I didn't come up with them. The archetypes, cha- I just channeled them after helping people understand what their sacred wealth code system, what their sacred wealth code was. So instead of having them um, really me explaining exactly what the communicator is and all the different ways you can be a communicator and, and then specifically what the person's gift is in that. And yours is obviously what I was just talking about. Mm-hmm. But when someone reads about the uh, their archetype, which we do with through an archetype reading as well, uh, is it's written in a soul language and, and you can under, you can get it through this 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 archetypal type story. Because when I say communicator, when I say engineer, uh, when I say teacher or visionary, like ever, for everyone, a new story just opened up that's very unique to their consciousness where they can understand it. And that's what I love about the archetypes. And it, it takes the the planets from trying to digest this world, exactly what is it to this archetypal language that people can relate to. And the sacred wealth code archetypes, which are representational of your wealth code in your planet, where your purpose, when your chart, where your purpose and your prosperity intersect or where they're placed in your chart, which is a scientific principle, then uh, then you you this, you can use these kind of like guides for yourself. They're aspects of you, and you can you can start to you already are sensing all of this. And what I'm here to do is is help make those connections so that you can understand the energy that's trying to come through what you're sensing, you know, about your wiring. And because look, we're inundated with so much programming all the time that jams our circuits and we it takes us farther away from ourselves. So I like to use the system to help people get closer to who they actually right. are so um, about your mars while i'm here and talking about this your mars is very much a grounded engineer it's super strong so you do need to be working hard on something and interestingly enough it is in a place of communication in uh, creativity but in a very grounded practical kind of a way so this, you know, like this format right here or writing, um, your engineer can absolutely help you with that. And as an engineer does, and we can look at around 
everywhere. An engineer created, you know, designed the computers and the microphones we're talking through right now and um, the bridges and the roads. I mean, engineering is part of, is part of everything. It's building a pathway is what I like to think about engineering. So, you know, and to animate that part of yourself even more so, uh, this is a, you know, I don't know where you want this pathway to take you as far as this podcast and, and, you know, the show and, and the writing, but you're going to go all the way. So what's all the way for you? I don't know. As far as I can possibly take it. So like, I want to know the answers. I want to know why humans, why, why, why we exist. Where do we come from? What is the purpose of all this? Is it even real? Is there a God? I I, you know, um, I, I want to know all that stuff. I awesome. mean, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it, I want to know that stuff too. I mean, I'm, been, I'm, on, I'm <laughs> on the same journey, man. I'm, I'm going to keep after it until I can't keep after it anymore. Yeah. Because I think there's, more to, there's always more to know. Yeah. I mean, some people might think that's insane, you know, that, 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 that you know, in, in this particular existence, you know, we should just be looking for, you know, money and houses and stuff like no, that. That's but. 3D. That's not the, that's the, that's the member. That's what the commercial that you got sold on. That's not what it's really about. <laughs> I mean, it's part, you know, we have to live with one foot in that world, but you know, I don't know. I think that I'm a seeker as well. It's why I do the things I do. And I'm a voracious learner and I'm, spent a lot of time in meditation and diving into spirituality at different levels and consciousness because there's so much there and there are so many question marks and not question marks that not so much that frustrate me but just like oh like there's just there's just so much more than than meets meets the eye the Mm -hmm. 3d universe we live in which we have to live one foot in is it's pretty well defined but there's exponentially more energy you know? right. Every time I think I figured one thing out, I have like 10 more questions, <laughs> you know. Well, it is an expanding universe. We are ever expanding. If When we're in the all of ourselves, we're very limited when we're, when we're living in the commercial. But uh, in the, and there are so many questions. But what, where do you want to take this, uh, like you said, you know. Forget about the day job. Where do you mm-hmm. want to take this platform, this show? How I think do you I want to. I want to start a media company, and I would like to start an entirely new type of media company with with non biased content. You know, where where people can get information that's not agenda oriented, um, and they can just. I mean, just the information is there, and they can consume the information. And find what's right for them. Okay. That's, that's awesome. You have the, that's that engineering capacity. You have the capacity to do that. And it's, you know, think of that as, you know, building a pathway, building a structure, building a building, building a form, you know, building Mm -hmm. a media company. And that's, I mean, you absolutely have the strength um, the big challenge for you will be able to actually be focused enough because of the cycle you're running is a very creative cycle. It's very, um, it's the magician, it's the North Node of the Moon. It'll, it can take you, pull you in a lot of directions, but it can absolutely um, bring in for you those kinds of the opportunities you want, but it's going to be really important for you to have the, I want to say the foundation, like the groundwork, which, you know, 
you have some of that, mm -hmm. but, and to, and then to have a really clear intention on where you want to take it so that what else you bring in or the kinds of people you bring in for, you know, for the media company as clients and stuff to serve that really fit that mission so that it, it, you know, so that it can actually go where you want it to go. Hmm. Yeah. I know I can't do it by myself. That's for sure. But I, I have built a huge network just through this podcast. You know, and how can you leverage that to build a system that will financially support, you know, it's just like a, a financial um, structure, mm -hmm. you know, system that'll support where you want to go. Right. And I've thought about that part of it. And I'm, sometimes I think, like, maybe I don't even need the system. Maybe I could just pull it all off myself. If I just took everything that I have and threw it at this, maybe it would work. Like, the most expensive part for, for the start of my media company, really, is is data hosting, you know. And, I mean, unfortunately, there's only a few, there's a few companies out there, and they basically have a monopoly on it, you know. And, and, and not even that. Like, I like to try to figure out a workaround around that. Yeah, I would, like, I, I would figure out a workaround. I would not encourage you to take everything and throw it at it. Only no. because you don't think I should just sell my house, sell everything, and okay, we didn't talk about this, and I guess we'll talk about this for a moment. Which is, so had we talked a year and a half ago or so, I would have said, "Hey, Gary, you have these eclipses that are coming to your first house in your house of relationship, and they're going to cause a huge amount of growth opportunity for you, but it could look like a." whole lot of challenge mm -hmm. there's going to be change and it's going to be it's going to be important for you to understand where you actually want those areas of your life to go and because uh, when i see those eclipse patterns come to your first and your seventh house that means you're going to go through a lot of letting go um because it's also hitting your partner there's the there's um it puts a lot of stress on relationships so it either makes the relationship stronger or it tears it down typically and uh, and we had we just went through the last eclipse on the nineteenth, eighteenth, uh, nineteenth of November mm -hmm. in your house of relationship. But we have a big one coming up here on I don't know when the show will air, but another on, one tomorrow, um, December fourth. Okay, December third, fourth, depending on where we are, but. That is going to hit you. It's for all of us. It's going to be in Scorpio and Vedic astrology. The last time we had, it's a solar eclipse, which changes direction. We had a big solar, we had a big solar eclipse last year uh, in December as well. And this is the last eclipse in this year and a half, well, 14 month pattern. And what that means is the changes we've been going through collectively and personally, it's sort of the last like we've get, gotten pieces of what have we've needed to get. And this is like the, the grand finale, mm -hmm. really all leading up to this last solar eclipse. And the, the one we had in, uh, on the 19th of November was in Taurus and Vedic astrology, which has a lot to do with our security. And, uh, and I'm not gonna talk too much about that one, but the one we're having in November, excuse me, December 3rd, 4th, the solar eclipse, that's a change in direction. And, that is, there's been a lot of letting go as far as Scorpio goes. This is relinquishment. This is the south node of the moon. This is the mystic. This is uh, where the, the soul is going to get eclipsed, the sun. Uh, the nodes of the moon have the, the only thing that have the power to 
put a shadow between the consciousness and the soul, the moon and the sun. And so it's a very stormy shadow period of time. Now, it has been emotional. It'll, it'll still be emotional through that eclipse. And it'll be a change of course for you. Now, again, back to the conversation we were having about, well, you know, do we, what choices do we actually have? Knowing that you've gone through the changes you have, and for everyone listening in, wherever you've been feeling a lot of a lot of change or a lot of pressure or a lot of stress, and some of it can be opportunities, and that's a good thing over the last year plus, this is, you know, this is the areas of life that it's probably playing out for you. And there's going to be a change of, of direction. It's kind of like been making a slow turn, like a ship kind of turning around and moving in a different direction, and this last solar eclipse is going to move us all collectively and um, individually in a different direction. Depending on how resistant we've been, depending on what we've been learning through the lessons that have been coming at us, depending on how present we are and how willing we are to surrender and let go and not get stuck in the resentment, the, um, the deeper emotions of Scorpio that keep us from the real gift of Scorpio, which happens to be devotion. We have to know what we're devoted to. Instead, we can get stuck in this uh, emotional place. So there is a change of course for you personally and for your and for relationship. And so you've obviously moved on from a relationship you have. I hope that's all buttoned up for you, but are they ever really buttoned up? Relationships don't end, they change. Uh, but this one is pretty much history. Okay. <laughs> so it it couldn't you... be more history than <laughs> what it is. So what I want to invite you to do on this uh, coming up on this next eclipse is really uh, understand your part in the dissolution of that relationship. And I didn't part... play a part. I was the greatest husband in the world. Okay, that's awesome. But you also obviously must have had some misjudgment on who the partner was or, or whatever it might be. We, we make these choices together, even if it seems like we're the hero. Yeah, so... yeah. I did miscalculate a little bit. Okay, so... so, so... <laughs> Okay, so it will be important for you to, uh, I'd encourage you like to make a list of recalculations, okay? Going forward, what is, what is important to you in a relationship? What do you want to make sure you see more clearly, you know, and what, and, and just, but also you're, you know, do, not do, just. Maybe I should just not have relationships. Maybe relationships are just going to block me from, you know, doing what Good I want to do. Good luck. Good luck. Have you been in more than one relationship in your life? I've been in lots of relationships in my That's life. That's what I'm saying. Remember how you got here from the commercial, Gary? I said, good luck of not being in another relationship. I would encourage you to not be in one for a while. Maybe I should become a eunuch. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> <laughs> that would <may> solve it. <laughs> You'll have another. Pro you'll have other problems. I guarantee you. <laughs> get get clear on your part of what you need to let go of that draws you into relationships that don't work for you. It's always the same thing. What is it? Sex. So it might be important to I actually mean, get. To isn't that why people get into relationships? Well, you could say in an intimacy. That what what makes an intimacy a relate makes it different than any other relationship. What makes a well, if we're having an intimacy, if we're having a sexual relationship with someone, mm -hmm. that 
you know, someone could be our, our best friend. It could be a great supporter. All those things you could have with almost anybody. What What's the differentiation factor? It's really having an intimacy of some sort with somebody. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes, you know, when we call it a relationship, quote, quote unquote. Uh, but it's important that the other things work, isn't it? Not just the sex. There's other things? Well, obviously, because you're not having the sex and you're not having the other things anymore either, but. so was it just the sex that didn't work after a while or was it the other things no i mean companionship is nice you know not being alone well that's different not being alone and companionship are two different things yeah i don't really understand that either that part you know i mean like i have a dog so I'm not no. I'm not alone, and he, he is a companion now. He's a companion, but he's uh, probably not probably not he's probably not your intimate partner. Oh, definitely not. No. So I would just encourage you to uh, maybe going forward uh, that maybe you don't allow the relationship if you end up in another relationship or you're contemplating it that it doesn't start with sex. This is something I've been hearing a lot of lately. Hmm. because sex clouds our judgment and it connects us and it mingles our energy on a lot of, on a lot of levels. It's, it's so interesting on such a deep, intimate act that we might have that with somebody we don't know that much from an attraction. And then we're going to find out about who this person really is. But then we've already clouded a lot of things. So you might actually want to get to know somebody before you jump all in. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, it can't be a coincidence that I have heard the same advice from like 10 different people in like the last 48 hours. No, it, it can't. If it's if it's 10, you know, I usually take it when it gets to the third person. But if you, you got to go to 10, I'm glad I could be the 10th, okay? <laughs> well, I talk to a lot of people. <laughs> decide what else is important to you so this this eclipse coming up to circle back and bring us back home here uh (laughs) somebody's got to do it (laughs) is really about um you letting you really coming to terms with what you need to let go of you know your attachments your what parts of you you need to let go of around um around not just relationship, but who you are in reference to where you want to go. Your identity has been shifting over the last year and a half. Mm. And this is kind of the, the last turn here in that shift. So anything that is really, you know, you're like, I I just assume that I don't exist. And how's that working for you? It's easy. I, I mean, it's kind of like what the Buddha taught that we don't really exist. Except for when we have to make the mortgage payment, we have to exist for a moment there. Money actually doesn't actually exist either. It's a construct <laughs> of the mind. It totally is. But, it, <laughs> but we, it's such a weird thing that we're supposed to play out like it's all like this real deal over here. We're like, you know, you and I are talking, we're doing this whole thing. But yeah, it all doesn't exist. So, you know, we have to, we have to traverse several dimensions at right. one time. Like, like you like the media company. Maybe I could just make it astral media company when that doesn't even exist well then you can just sit back and think about it for the rest of your life then exactly all you got to do is think about it 
and it'll manifest somewhere in astral realm and maybe other people will just pick up on it maybe give it a whirl might be an idea i don't know might be be an idea (laughs) (laughs) so i would encourage you though to to um to consider the structure for the media company that you want and that's based on your really on um your it's very much of a creative grounded uh grounded engineer should i do do this though after december 4th though don't do any no major decisions till after like this sixth or really if you could wait to the beginning of the year that'd be super awesome but at least wait till december 6th everybody for any major decisions because we are in a storm right now it's foggy you can't see all your choices and if you make important decisions now you're not going to see all the choices it's like being in a room that's kind of you can't see all the windows and doors and then the lights turn on and you're like oh my god if i knew there was the blue door over there i would have done the blue door so you wait till we get past these eclipses let the, let the dust settle and uh and we and i believe that we come through these times because we're not supposed to be making we're in a foggy period of time we're not supposed to be making any big choices you can drive across country go back to our analogy you can drive across country in the dark in the fog even with one headlight you can you can make it there if you stay really present and you just see what's right in front of you and you just make choices about what's right in front of you so that's what we're supposed to be doing always is staying incredibly present here instead of being everywhere everywhere but here but especially during this eclipse time and there will be choices you may have to make or you might have to make an important decision but if you don't clog that your if you don't waste your energetic bandwidth on other things you'll have enough presence to you know to make the best decision you can during those times if there's something emergent that comes up because we have unexpected things that do come up during eclipses Mm -hmm. i can do that I can avoid decision making for two months. Okay, no, we don't, it doesn't even have to be two months though, because remember, we're like almost into December here. So, yeah, all right, for a month, that, that should be a piece of cake. Should be a piece of cake. Should be a piece of cake. And uh, Mercury also, for all the retrogrades this year, is uh, it's it's happening in all of your relationship houses. So you are going through your relationship houses. You, whenever Mercury is retrograding. Uh, through this past year, through its next retrograde, uh, and actually one more after that, it'll be, it's slowing down in one of your relationship houses. You have three. And so you're reevaluating what relationship is to you, what you want to do with relationship. And then when this, I don't know when the relationships took a big turn, but back in August. Okay. So back in May, June, when we had those eclipses, that actually happened with Mercury uh with the cycle you're running rahu the north node of the moon all up in your house of relationships so there's a lot of pressure there during that time and and um yeah so you're on a different trajectory oh last thing i do want to say too about financially for you so we in our within your sacred wealth code and again the visionary jupiter is part of your sacred wealth code it is uh that is if i was going to say hey here's your money planet that's your money planet Yours is in a really good place. You bring in money through your um, right vocation, through your career, through your good work in the world. And again, Jupiter's been in a tough place over the last three years. And that's just coming into the light. And that's going to be really good. It's going to be really good for you. So 
I would expect for, um, of course, make good decisions, but I would expect for you to have more of the wealth that you want. And I define wealth by wealth is everything you need to fulfill your purpose. And that's in my book, Your Sacred Wealth Code, Unlock Your Soul Blueprint for Purpose and Prosperity. I talk a lot about that and take people through a lot of different Mm -hmm. processes around understanding what wealth is and what purpose for wealth is. But because all of your wealth houses are preceded by a purpose house, it's just how the energy works. It's like, okay, here's what your purpose is. Now you need the resources, which isn't just money. You know, it's, it's, it's people and knowledge and all kinds of things, but translates a lot into money in our culture because of we, it's our common currency of exchange. So it's what you need in order to do what you're here to do. And that's very different for each and every one of us. We all have a different definition and of, of what being wealthy is, you know, whether that's freedom or fulfillment and how much you need to actually you know, be that or do that. Mm-hmm. That is going to be expanding for you. And it, um, starting now, but especially as we get into the spring of next year, especially as we get into April, uh, like from April 2022 to you know, spring of 2023, it's going to be uh, really be going to be shedding a lot of light on purpose for you. And also just, it's just going to be easier. That financial flow will be easier hmm. as long as you are on purpose, which I believe you are. Awesome. I like that. And, you know, and I'm not really a money type of person, you know, I mean, in a way, I think uh, a lot of people and I've gotten actually in arguments with, with like certain life coaches and financial coaches about it, but I think being wealthy is like, oh, it's like having nothing. You ha- the less you have, the more wealthy you are. Okay, so that's your definition of wealth. And this is, and again, in all my programs that I work with my clients, but in my book, I take people through a process, understanding what your wealth dream is. And that's why it's very different for each and every one of us. And so we have this cultural programming that says wealth means money but that's not what it is to everyone and so it's really important to know what it is for you personally so that you are that's what you're that's what you're aligning with that's what you're working towards that's what you're instead of going after something we think we should have right yeah i mean my goal is not really big i just want to change the world there you go so you need you need some resources to do that right I suppose, but I don't worry about it, you know. And we don't have to worry about it. Because I think if it's meant to happen, they'll appear, you know. Like, I never expected my podcast to be as successful as it is. It just happened. I started it, and it happened, you know. But it's aligned with your purpose. When you do something that's really aligned with your purpose, and you don't put so much pressure on it to where, okay, this has got to be my get-rich-quick scheme. Then, then you are really in a place where you can really open up and let the best of you come through, and that's what's going to resonate mm-hmm. the best back for you. Sometimes I'm working with people who are moving from a career to either starting their podcast. It's one of my clients who she just started her podcast, starting her starting their business, um, or maybe starting a foundation or writing a book, or maybe it's somebody who's who has already been in business and they just know that this is not my business, and I, I really need to do what really is my purpose and really is on my heart and making that, that shift. Um, it's when you allow yourself to really not only 
be in your purpose, but be in your gifts. Your gifts are really what live at the intersection of your purpose and your prosperity in the sacred wealth code in your Vedic astrology chart. This is where, after looking at this for years and years, I would just see this is where people's, what I call their highest value gifts are, the gifts that when you use them, then the, the world starts to respond to you. You know, we do a lot of things that we're good at, we're told we're good at, that we should do, you know, that our parents want us to do, uh, what we need to do for money. But there's things that we're just naturally have a PhD in. I mean, we're just, we're born in, with that. And the mm -hmm. more we use those gifts, the more they expand and it's super interesting. And, and so if we can give ourselves the opportunity to know what those are, to explore those, to move past the, the shadow side, because all the archetypes have a shadow side and the things that are keeping you from doing that, and then not put so much pressure on it that it's got to make you a million dollars next year, then you can allow yourself to be in, in some enjoyment, which I think you've done with the podcast, which mm -hmm. is a great thing. Right. And, and so that you can really be open and let your essence actually come through. And that's what's going to always align you with the next best opportunity. I agree. I agree. That and you know, like like people are shocked, like how how much I um with the podcast, like where I'm at after only a year, you know. And they're like, well, how did you do it? And I mean, one thing is like I've done like you know three hundred and fifty episodes in less than a year, you know. Wow, that's a lot. You know, I mean, if you're doing one episode a week, it's gonna take you a long time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and people get like, like in like some of the podcasting groups like on facebook and stuff they get mad when i say that because they i don't know they just want people to believe that i don't know what they want people to believe but you know it takes work it, and if you put you effort know, people, into something again, it's going to deliver i don't care what okay. it is so so then we were talking earlier where you, you were saying that you want to take the shortcut and the, I, the, the shortcut the, of, 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 of like of relationship pain. But 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 <laughs> the reason I bring that up the reason I bring that up here is because when we're really in our gifts, uh, we can really spend you know we can really do the work there, and it's very different than what work feels like when we're doing something that we don't really want to be doing. You know, you can yeah. pour your heart and soul into something. I pour my heart and soul, and I've been in business for 30 years, you know, into um, whatever it is that I'm doing and creating because it's what I'm inspired about. It's what, you know, and it doesn't mean it doesn't have its challenges and I don't pull long days. To, you know, I've had, you know, my websites have just been moved in the last couple of days and that was a big hassle. You know, there's things that you got to deal with, okay? But I love, love, love. I mean, this is so juicy and wonderful for me to have this conversation with you and, and be tapping in with everybody who's listening here. The fact that you're doing as many as you're doing, you know, what I love about that is that you dove in and you just started to play with it and you're interacting with the energy and you'll see where it takes you. But it gives you it gives it gives the universe, it gives the energy um, a lot more to work with because mm -hmm. you're you're not just you're not being super strategic about it. I'm not saying you're not strategic, but you're not just some people are coming at it from a very a podcast from a very strategic point of view. And they're, you know, following someone's system and they, you know, they only want to do this and, um, and they're getting it edited by so-and-so. And, and I'm all about creating from, you know, from your alignment, from your heart and really listening. Okay. What's, what's the hit for you? What, you know, what is, what's the inspired action? What does your heart want you to do? Obviously you were led to do this. 
and you were led to do this, like do a bunch of a bunch of interviews and you'll see where you'll see where that leads you. Cause that's yeah. obviously giving the universe a lot more to work with than if you were just doing one a week. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Plus, you know, podcasting, like, like my, my early, my first hundred episodes weren't really that good. Cause I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how well, to do yeah, it. I didn't, yeah. I hadn't found my voice or my style or any of that yet. So, I mean, those first hundred episodes were just me learning how to do this. And if you're only doing one episode a week, it's going to take you two years just to figure out how to do it, how, what your voice is, what your format is, how to, how to interview people. You know, you know, it, it's a whole lot more than just uh, the, the, the who, what, where, and why. Oh, it is. Yeah. I've run, I've run some summits, so I know that. And I have a YouTube channel and I, you know, I totally, I totally get it. And, uh, there's, it's like also like when I wrote my book too, you know, you can think about doing something like you probably thought about doing the podcast for a while, but when you just go ahead and jump in and yeah, you need some guidance and some strategy, but when you jump in and you start doing it, it starts to interact with you. It's, and it starts to inform you as well. You have to come to the table mm-hmm. with it. We are so in a society of like, okay, well, you're going to, and that's very much left brain, very much 3D thinking, very much, you know, creating from the past is like, okay, well, I'm, I want to know how it's all going to play out before I'm going to even start. And so the universe pretty much just packs it up and says, well, good, go buy that system over there. That's already been done. Do that. But it's, it, there's no magic in that, you know, it's, it's, we have to be willing to, uh, to interact with the energy yeah absolutely um when, when you talk about energy and you've talked about chakras and you've talked about intuition also um how do all those things play into how you do it i mean obviously you, you know you're not you're able to look at a chart and, and feel what it's saying I, I, you know just from talking with you i can see that how do you pick up like one were you born with that ability or was it something learned? And how does the information flow through you? Okay, great question. So, yes, I was born very intuitive. It was the kind of thing that freaked out my parents, freaked out my mom. So I was kind of a closet intuitive for a long time. Uh, and not that I was walking around predicting everything, but I could feel anything going on. I could feel everything going on. And just, you know, very, very sensitive, very empathic. I work with a lot of people like that. And I was also had some, you know, I just, I had a, I have some plants in some tough places and I had some pretty challenging situations early in life where there wasn't any adults around where there should have been. And I had to make choices and decisions. And the only place I just, it's not like I was like, okay, I'm going to turn inward. I'm going to lean into my intuition. I was, I was a kid, but that voice would come through on what I needed to do. And I, and I would just started to trust it. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like I was groomed really early to having to use my intuitive gifts. And I do believe, and I, cause I teach it there that everybody has intuition. Everybody can learn how to use their intuition. And it's really important to understand what your intuition is. And I teach a process of really being able to tune into your heart and everybody, everyone can do it. And everyone can get connected in there and can get some answers in there. Um, then there's people who are more wired up in that way, in that intuitive sense. So the information I'm kind of works on different levels for me because I'm, I'm clairsentient. Um, I'm clairaudient. Um, I'm clairvoyant. So I, I'm 
I'm working on all of those realms. I can see in all of those realms. So for me, I just open up and I tap into um, Kimberly has been, Kimberly George is one of my dear friends and she's been on your show. I know. And she um, was explaining this the other day in that, you know, like, like we're receiving information, but also we have the ability to go out and get the information. Mm -hmm. And so I do both of those things. I open up, you know, I'm receiving information, but I specifically open up and feel into. And so when I'm reading for somebody, whether in, they're in front of me or not, I'm actually, I'm, I'm connecting in, I'm connecting in to, to sense what's going on. And I'm looking at the, you know, the chart is like, it's like a language or like a lens that helps me to filter some of the information. So that's how some of that works. And that is in as far as chakras and all that, like I'm well-versed in um, energy and I still have so much to learn, but that's why I don't just do readings. Um, the people I work with, I help them to understand their own soul blueprint. So even like when I'm giving an update that they can um, understand some of it for themselves, not that they have to know a lot of astrology, but I'm also helping them with whatever their work is in the world. I'm teaching a lot about clearing patterns and I make meditations and processes for people so they can keep clearing the way for themselves and how, and really the core of it is that how does you, how do you get that intuitive hit and how do you trust it and how do you get past yourself where you're giving your energy away, whether it's creating better energetic and boundaries or whether it's how do you manage your energy if you're an empath? And then how do you flow that all into a, a, a form to, to be on purpose and get your work out in the world? So all those layers are super important to me because of my wiring. Um, I would get totally bored just giving readings all day long. And that's why I have a whole system and a book and I'll, you know, the next thing will come through and I'm just still on the trail too, you know? That, that, that is awesome. You know, and I completely agree in, you know, that everybody has the intuitive abilities. Um, and it's like, you know, I think in some ways society has discouraged people from using our fullest potential. And in, in a way, like, we're not just humans. We're, in a way, we're all superhuman. We all have superhuman abilities. It's just... um I think, at least as far as individuals go, is, is experimenting with them and finding out which ones you're best at. Yeah, absolutely. And when I'm looking through a chart, I'm looking at somebody's moon to understand their consciousness. And and everybody has different levels of consciousness. And I don't mean, um, yeah, we're all wired up differently. And we all perceive things differently. So it's really it's really important to understand your own unique language and wiring, coming back to what we've first we're talking about and that's why that's really important for me to help people understand themselves i don't want them to rely on me for information i'm a guide i want them to walk with me long enough to know themselves to trust themselves on where they need to walk and and i, and I have people also who've been walking with me for many years um because we both keep growing and expanding and that that keeps making sense so this ability to understand this incredible, unique being that you are, this vehicle of experience you have, this physical nature you have, and how you merge that energetic side and, and this and, and be in both worlds is, is super personal. And it's not what is taught and it's not what is programmed. You know, we're, we're being programmed at, on every level, you know, if, if we're succumbing to that and more than ever right now, which jams our circuits and keeps people numbed out, you know, and that's an easier population to manage. 
So I really am about empowering people. My, my core purpose is to live from the inside out and to teach others to do that. You know, we are, you know, it's cliche, spiritual beings in a, in a human experience, but we are energy first. Anything that exists has, is energy first in any matter. Um, and to realize that part of ourselves, like you were talking about, you know, all the things that, you, yeah, the, the answers that we want to have, but at least if we're seeking and we're tuning into that part of ourselves, we, we can, um, we can get to know that part of ourselves, be more of that and less of, uh, less of a density. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, absolutely. You know, I've interviewed you know tons of of uh, mediums and psychics and and all kinds of people, and the ones I always like best though are the ones that are actually teaching people how to use their full potential and not just reading their future. It's important. I, to me, that's the. It's really important to. I mean, I'm making a bigger difference here if I'm empowering people, and especially when I'm empowering people that are here to make a big difference mm-hmm. when I get behind those people, because that makes the, the wave bigger uh, as far as making a difference. And I know making a difference could sound cliche, but look at, um, I, I am about doing things a different way. You are about doing things a different way. I am about making a difference. I don't feel like we're living up to our full potential. Each and every one of us. I don't believe that collectively we are anywhere near our full potential. We are in a paradigm shift and it's necessary and we don't have to wait till this paradigm falls away before we shift it. Paradigms exist simultaneously, and we need to to um, people need to unplug and they need to spend some time quietly listening. They need to understand themselves better. They need to know what they're taking a stand for, not what they're so pushing hard against, but what they're feeding with their energy, what they're taking a stand for, and what you know what is it here that we all what really want to give. I have not met anybody near the end of life or or talk to anybody about the end of life and walk them through a process looking at life where they didn't come to the realization that they were here to give something you know fulfillment really lies in you know in what we're here to what we're here to give what we're here to serve with you know it's awesome we have no idea how long we are here like (laughs) yeah like like it's we don't really have any time to waste folks you know that's true that's a great message. Before we wrap it up, where can my listeners find you and find your books? Yeah, so you can find me at my website, Solutionary, spelled S-O-U-L-U-T-I-O-N-A-R-Y. That was the divine gave me that name for my company, Solutionary. I spelled it wrong, S-O-U-L, and luckily it was available, and then I got it. <laughs> it took me a moment. <laughs> so it's solutionary.com. Uh, there also, uh, right on the front page, there's a free uh, Sacred Wealth Code Archetype quiz. You can take and get one of your archetypes and get a printout for it and get a bunch of training on it. And there's also readings and such there. You can and all my programs are on that site. My books and my Sacred Wealth Code book and journal, there's a journal and then there's a card deck, an Oracle card deck. They are all available there, but they're also available on Amazon. And if you search Sacred Wealth Code or your Sacred Wealth Code, you're going to come up with all three of those products. They work wonderfully independently or together. And in each one of them, I have an online portal where there's a link in each one of them where I have processes and meditations that are just free that help you, you know, walk you through some of the things that are in those different products. And what I love about the system is it helps you to understand yourself more in a, in a fun and, and wonderful way. And the book is, is quite a playbook too. It's full of, you know, you're going to clear money beliefs. You're going to understand what some of your soul challenges are. You're going to, you're going to get 
you know, down and dirty about your, your wealth dream and you'll, it, it's, it's, it's good work. So I encourage you to check it out. Yeah. And I'll put links to your website and to your books in the notes to this episode so my listeners can uh, check them out and buy them. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate yeah, that. I hope they do. It was really insightful. And thank you so much. You know, you gave me like some insight into my own self oh. and situation and a different perspective. It was really cool. I enjoyed awesome. it. Totally my pleasure. And um, the fact that you got a different perspective, then I, then I did my job well. Because that's all you I want to do is help open you up to a different possibility. You did. It was fantastic. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Hang on for one second. And I'm just going to play the outro. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or message him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the cost of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of this page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. You can also buy the book Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need. You can find it on Amazon and it will change your life. Because remember, everything that it says was first imagined.